Go ahead, and like I said, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 12 through 14 will be the scripture we're reading today. We've been talking about B. Who will we be in this new year? Some some characteristics that we should be um, as we go forward, not just in the year, not just in 2023, but in our life. Amen. Uh, so we ask that question, who will you be in 2023? Who will you be this coming year? And then last week we talked about being faithful. Amen. Being faithful. And what that really looks like, that it's not just a scale of being faithful. You're either faithful or you're not, right? And that for most of us, you know, the reality is, is that we're not as faithful as God desires for us to be. But today we're going to talk about being generous, to be Generous, amen. So, First Chronicles chapter twenty-nine, verses twelve through fourteen. There'll be several other scriptures we we hit on, but we'll have most of them up here, um, so you can follow along here reading your Bible. But it reads like this: It says, "Riches and honor come from you, and you are the ruler of everything. Power and might are in your hand, and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I?" And who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? For everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your own hand. This is First Chronicles 29, verses 12 through through 14. Let, let's talk, start by talking about feelings about giving. So we, we have complex feelings when we talk about giving in church, right? Um, when it's brought up, we often kind of shirk back like somebody's hit us with a baseball bat. We're like, hey, you know, I don't want to talk about giving. I don't want to talk about generosity. I don't want you to talk about my money. That's my money. So don't talk about that, right? And churches have developed a bad rep when it comes to, to talking about giving. You know, a lot of times it's due to, you know, influential pastors that might have, you know, TV shows or might be heavily followed that oftentimes will, will preach a doctrine that says if you give enough, if you give a big enough gift that I can guarantee these great promises will be delivered to you. And they, a lot of people do that. Um, they give these gifts. And, and, and what ultimately comes is what they are expecting is not fulfilled. Right? And, and in my ministry, and, and, and you know, I've, I've ministered since I was 14 years old. And so I, I've been in college and, and, and been around other people. I, I've been on the work, you know, uh, at the workplace, different places in my life. And when you come across people, and a lot of times when they have gripes or complaints about church, the oftentimes the refrain is, they just want my money. They just want me to give. They just want me to, to dish it out of my wallet. They don't care about me. They just care about, about what I can give. And, and, you know, that might not have been all of our experiences, but it, it has been a lot of people's experience with giving. And we have a lot of strong feelings about that, about giving, about money. And in honest... Um, it's one of my least favorite topics to preach about. It just is. I think if um, memory serves me right, I've probably talked about this subject like a full sermon centered around giving twice since I've been here. Probably hit it through other sermons, but I think just really giving has only been, God's put it on my heart to preach a sermon on it, on it twice. Because I know that we have a lot of strong feelings. About our wealth and possessions. It's, it's, it's very easy for when somebody starts talking about giving for us just to, to tune it out, right? You go to the drive through at Taco Bell or Arby's or McDonald's and say, would you like to give a dollar? And as soon as they say, would you like to give? You're like, no, just, you know, I'm just going to pull on up, right? Because we don't want to give a dollar. We don't want to round up our change. Like, just give me my Big Mac. Just give me my whatever it is, and we'll be happy. When you start talking about giving, it's very easy for us just to tune it out. Yeah, no, I... 
really don't want to. We walk by the people that are trying to get you to donate in front of Walmart. We'll go all the way around, right? They'll be at one door and we'll like, well, I always park over here and I need groceries, but I'm going to go park in the automotive side so I don't have to deal with those people asking for my money in front of Walmart. Don't You, you laugh because we do it. We do it. Because we don't like to hear people say, can you give something, right? Just not something we like to talk about. We like to hear, and as a pastor, it's not something I love to talk about, right? It's like I, I don't just look for it. To preaching like that. But we need to understand that it is an important topic throughout Scripture. If you break down Scripture into different groupings of the Bible, you have the law, you have the historical books, it's what we read out with Chronicles, you have um, the, the books of wisdom, with Psalms and Proverbs, things like that, you've got the prophets, major and minor prophets, you have the Gospels, you have the letters, the epistles from, from, from some of the um, apostles that they wrote to the churches. Um, and as we begin to research and study for this, the sermon, I begin to realize, in each one of those groups of the Bible, giving, generosity, is discussed. Everyone, from the beginning of time with the law and everything in the Torah, to the history, which is what we just read, the prophets talked about it, they talked about it in the books of wisdom, we've been studying Proverbs in Sunday school, and you can, you can ask anybody that's at Sunday school. Now, every chapter has something about giving, or helping the poor, or helping those in need. Talks about it there. The Gospels, we see it talked about, right? We see it in the in the epistles when Paul writes and when Peter writes, when John writes to the churches, they oftentimes in, bring in and talk about giving. So just because it's a difficult topic for us to talk about doesn't mean we should ignore it. We we, we need to address it. We need to look at it. We need to evaluate it. And then ultimately we need to evaluate our evaluate our lives and say, have I been generous? Have I been been generous? If it's important to God, it should be important to us. So whatever feelings you have about giving, whatever kind of constraints or conundrums that you have, be open today. Really evaluate yourself. Look at your life. Look at what Scripture says. Look at what God and the Holy Spirit brings to us. Let the Holy Spirit work within you so that we can really see, are we generous in the way that God desires for us to be? Are we giving in the way that God desires for us to be? Are we allowing Him to have control of that part of our life the way He desires to have control? Amen. So let's, start, let's go with it, it's, it's mine, right? You know, there's some reasons that we have these strong feelings. I like, I like to give examples. I like to give examples about children because they're relatable. We can see them. And if we all are honest, there's still a little child in all of us, right? Sometimes for the good, sometimes for the bad. But there's all there's still a little child inside us. But Harper's at this point in her life um, that I'm sure other children go to where maybe she'll be playing with a toy or maybe she'll grab one of mine or, or Tara's phones um, or she'll get something that she doesn't need to. Um, and when it's time to clean up or we go to get it, she likes to say, it's mine. I mean, she came up with a toy the other day, just walked up to me, said, this is mine, and then walked away. Just to make sure that I understood that was her thing, leave it alone, she's going to go over here with it. Right? It's it's mine. That's their mindset. I, I, hopefully she grows out of it. I don't know, because, because some adults haven't grown out of it. But, but, you know, that's just where she's at right now. But if we're honest, a lot of us carry that mindset. On some level, at some in some way in our own life, that this is this is mine. The thought of giving it away to a child is just foreign to them. What do you mean to share? What do you mean to give it to somebody else? What do you mean give it back? That don't make sense because it's mine. 
But we have that mindset. And that's why oftentimes we have this internal struggle when it comes to giving. We say, it's mine. Why is it mine? Because I worked for it. Uh, maybe I went to school and I went for it for years and, and to get the degree. Or maybe I bought it my, did my time right and I, and I did, played my cards and I got the promotion. Or, or I, I did and I went and I put all these applications in and I, and I drive and, and a long distance to get to that good place that I have to work or whatever it may be. And so it's mine. I went in when I was sick and I skipped things that I wanted to do that I would like to do. So I would go to work and to, to get what I needed to have this wealth, to have these things. It's, it's mine. It's mine. So when we talk about giving, it's not just the giving the money that, that kind of gets us, you know, a little hot and bothered sometimes. It's it's a deeper level to it. My dad always said money don't grow on a tree, but the reality is is that you can get more money. If you give money, if you spend money, if you, you do whatever you want to with your money, you can go get more money. But when we ask and we talk about giving, what really comes up is not the money necessarily, but the time and the effort and the sacrifice from your life that you gave to get that thing that you can't get back. You make more money, but you can't make more time. You can make more money, but you can't get younger to work the way you did when you were younger. You can make more money, but you can't you know, go back to that point in your life or go back to that situation, go back to that day and have that effort over again and get it. That's gone. When we talk about giving, it's giving that sacrifice of that part of your life. That, that, that's what that money represents. It's not just cash. It's not just you know, thing with old people, dead people on it. It's, it means and it, it reflects part of your life that when you give it away, it's gone. It's gone. I worked for it. I earned it. I deserved it. It's, 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 it's mine. But I'm thankful, you know, that even though I understand that struggle, been there, done that, walked that path, Scripture gives us insight into that idea, into that thought process, into that belief or understanding. In Deuteronomy, Chapter 8, verses 17 through 18, it says this. Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have given me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth, that He may confirm His covenant that He swore to your fathers as it is this day. Have you ever thought about that? That yes, you did the work. You're the one that got up early in the morning. You're the one that, you know, got dressed and took a shower and you drove however long it is to work. You're the one that went and you dealt with the with the bad co-workers that you had and the bad boss that you had and the bad orders that you had. You're the one that, that did that and sacrificed time and sacrificed effort and sacrificed parts of your life being with doing things that you want to. You're the one that did that. But without God, yeah. you're capable of none of that. Amen. None of that is possible without His grace, mercy, love, and power working through you. It's a humbling concept. Because the thing about wealth, a lot of times the reason we are so attracted to wealth is because it makes us feel good about ourselves. I've done this. I've earned this. I've made this part, I've made this life for myself, for my family, by myself. I have accomplished this, these things through myself. And you look, you can sit back and you look at what you have and you're like, man, didn't I do good? So to read this scripture and really comprehend what it's saying, it's humbling. 
Because what it means is we should look back and look at all that we have and be like, I did nothing for this. We should do the work and the power and the grace of God that any of this was able to happen. So next time you, you sit and think, well, it's mine. Everything that Harper's has, she says, it's mine. And it's like, you see, you understand, nuh-uh. Mommy and Daddy gave that to you for you to have and do with stuff, but it's really theirs. And the next time you look at your car and your home and you look at your bank account, you look at your children, you look at your wife, you look at everything going on in your life, you look at your husband, whatever, and you think, man, I've done good for myself. Be honest and realize, without God, I'd have none of it. It's not really mine in the first place. It all comes from God. It all belongs to God. But that, that's an internal struggle, right? This idea of it's it's mine. Somebody asked for it. It's hard to give it because, well, it's mine. Why should they have it? Because it's it's mine. Did they work for it? No, I worked for it. Did they do anything for it? No, I did everything for it. Did they sacrifice for it? No, I sacrificed for it. Did they get up early in the morning for it? No, I got up early in the morning for it. Did they deal with those people? No, I dealt with those people. It's mine, but it's not. Did you create the world in seven days? No. Did you breathe breath into your lungs? No. Did you wake yourself up this morning? No. It's God's. It's not mine. It's God's. So that's one of the internal struggles. Another internal struggle that we have is, is this idea that I, I need it. This is the struggle that we face when it comes to being generous, is that we, we have this thought, this idea that, that, that just comes up, well, well, I can't give that away because I need it. How can I deal without that? How can I live without that? How can I get through the month, through the week, through the year without that? If I give it to somebody else, what am I going to do? You know, I'm not going to act ignorant. Our economic situations that each one of us are in plays a large part in how we live our lives. It plays a massive part in the decisions that we make. It it plays a part in the decision of people if they're going to get married, if they're going to have children, or when. It plays a part in the house that you have plays a part in the career that you go through. If you decide to go to college, if you decide to go straight to work, it plays a part in, in, in every area of your life. Who you vote for, where you go, what you do, what you eat. If you're going to eat out, if you're going to eat at home, if you're going to have a steak, you're going to have bologna. It plays a part in the decisions that you make. And everything in between. So it makes sense that your financial situation would have an effect on the decisions you make about giving. Well, what would you say if I told you that it shouldn't? That your financial situation should never affect or impact the decision you make about being generous or giving. I said, that's crazy. That's strange. Yeah, it might be strange. But that doesn't mean it's not, not true. Malachi 3, 8 through 10 reads like this. Will man rob God? You're robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more, more need. First, understand what I'm saying and what I'm not saying. I, I'm not saying that if... You go and you give generously that you're going to have a nicer home, that you're going to have a nicer car, that you'll have all your health ailments relieved, 
that you're going to look nicer or prettier when you wake up after you give. It's not what I'm saying. And that's not what this scripture is saying. What this scripture does say is those that put their trust and faith in God will have all their needs provided. And that's the thing, right? What does it say? Until there is no more need. Not no more want. Or no more desire. Or no more I'd like to have that. Until there is no more need. I believe we talked a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, about what it is that we need, what it is that we want. And that there's a difference in that. That's what this scripture is informing us, is, is that God will provide the needs of those that put their trust in Him. If you've been in a situation where you've really just questioned how all the bills are going to get paid this month, or there's things that do need to be done, Maybe some kind of surgery or procedures that you need to do. Something that's going on in the house that needs to be fixed. Something going on in the car that needs to be fixed. And you're like, if I give, I won't be able to do that. And you ask yourself those questions, right? It's not always easy to put God first in our finances. But trusting God is giving when giving don't make sense. Sacrificing when it doesn't make sense to sacrifice. Putting God first when it doesn't make sense to put Him first. Doing what He's asked you to do when it doesn't make sense to do that thing. That's what it means to trust God. It doesn't say that it won't be difficult. But I'm thankful that the Bible says, David says in one place, he says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed a begging bread. What's that mean? They had what they needed. Those that trusted God, that were righteous, that followed God, they had what they needed. Might not have had the fancy things, might not have had the finer things, but they had what they needed. They had what they needed. So you may look at what you have. You evaluate your your monthly finances, your year, you, you look at your year ahead of time, you're like, man, this I need to save up this money so I can do this, so I can do that, so I can do that, and this, 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 and, and you put everything else first, right? You think of everything else, all the other expenses, all the other costs, everything that's going on, everything that you, you have to do, you want to do, you think you should do, and then maybe whatever's left, if there's left, you can give to God. But but trusting God is, is putting Him first and saying, I need God. I need to follow Him. I need to obey Him, and He'll provide all my my other needs. Even though it's not easy to put God first in our finances, we can trust and be confident that God will provide our needs. Give what we need. Take care of what we need. Be there when we have not. And He will give all that we need. Amen. So, so why, why should we be generous? In closing, why, why should we be generous? Let me, real quick, give context to the scripture that we read at the first. First Chronicles, there in twenty nine, is the last chapter of the book, the book of First Chronicles. And David is basically preparing way for his for his son Solomon to become king. That's what's happening. David wanted to build a temple for the Lord more than anything. God told him, that's not, for your, that's not for you. It's for your son. Your son will do that. It'll happen. It'll be done. It's not for you to do that. But David's life was waning. He knew that his time was coming to an end. Solomon should take the throne. And, 
and ultimately Psalm would reign. But before that happened, David's like, I know what happens next. I know a temple's going to be built. I've wanted it all my life. And I won't see it done. My son will. But I'm going to make preparations now so that when he comes into power, he's already in a place to do it. Right? And the scripture begins to talk about David is telling the people about this. And he says, basically, I've already decided everything I have, I'll give to the Lord. For this purpose. Talks about how there's a hundred tons of, of gold that he has, tons of steel, tons of uh, silver that he has, wood that he is donating, all these things that he has possessed, that is his treasury, that is that is everything that he owns. He says, I'm gonna give it. He says, I'm gonna give it. And he challenges, he, he challenges the people, he challenges the leaders. He says, Does anybody like to volunteer to do this with? It says they collected another hundred tons of, of gold, another hundred tons of silver and wood and, and all these final things, bronze and whatnot, to prepare for the, the place of God, for the kingdom of God, to be expanded, to be grown, so that God would have a house, a place of worship for God's people to come to and to give them honor and glory that He's deserving of. But that's when we get to the scripture that we read at the first. David does all this, tells them what all, what all they're, they're, they're doing. He says, we need to give, we should give, I'm giving, you should give, whatever, follow my example. And he gets this, he says, riches and honors come from you. You are the ruler of everything. Power and might are in your hand. And it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. Now therefore, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. But who am I? You are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this. For everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your own hand. So why should we be generous? This scripture tells us, it says, we do it, we give it to give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Now why? Why? Because we are able to give in the first place. That's what that's basically saying. We do this because we're able to be generous in the first place. We give because you've given us the option to give. We give because we have the life that provides for us so that we can give. We give not because it's for our glory, for our honor, but so you can have thanks and glory. So that you can be praised. Because what we have, you've given us in the first place. Everything comes from you. How many times? Look, look, look at that. I love, I love the literature, and we, we see that when people with the parallelism, and we, and we see these, these like ideas that these things that go through Scripture. What does he say? Power my art in your hand, and in your hand make great to give strength to the all. Therefore, our God, we give you thanks, praise, glory, His name. All you down here it says only you. It comes from your own hand. This theme of everything coming, power, authority, ability, options, these possessions, this wealth. And David's painting this picture of it's all from the hand of God. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, why should we give? Because God's hand is open. Not so that He could receive, but so that He could pour out blessings upon us. So that He could give to us. 
by our life, by us waking up, by us having the ability to interact with other people, by doing little things that we can do, whatever it may be, whatever our limits are, that's given from God. This is why we give. We give because what's been given to us. We want to pay it in turn. Give it back to Him. And does God just sit on His throne and, and collect wealth and be happy with that? No. Throughout all Scripture, we see multiple times what was given to the temple, what was given to God's people, was turned around and then given for the glory of God and to expand His kingdom. To make greater of Him, not greater of men. And we see that. And I'm thankful to say in our church today we do that, right? We Last year with our food pantry, we gave over 362 bags of food out to the people in our community. We met with the youth and we were able to, to feed them. We were able to, to make, give them gifts at times. We were able to do stuff with them, provide a safe place for them to come to outside of the craziness of life. We do that. We were able to do that because of what is given. We were able to help the elderly in our community at times when they need it. We were able to, to do different options, pick up the kids and bring them in because of what has been given. Because what we need to learn and realize is that God can do more with what we give than we can alone. God can do more with what we sacrifice, what we lay down, what we offer Him, than we can do with it on our own. In D19 last year, three young people were saved. We baptized two more. That's pretty cool, right? But if we didn't have the, the money to keep the lights on, guess what? I ain't going to have those kids outside in the cold. It's the things that we give that then blesses others that are around us. We go through it. And I want us to understand, once again, I don't like talking about giving. But it is something that, that God asks of us. That God desires of us to take part in His kingdom. To take part in His glory and His plan. Guess what? His plan requires, you know, us to give at times. But I want you to know what it in your life. As we talk about these things, remember, you might say it's mine. It's it's God's. It's just, you know, understand that. You might say I need it. No. God will provide your needs if you trust in him. So trust in him. You might ask, why why do I have to be generous in the first place? It's we're generous because God was generous to us by making us, by creating us, by giving us the gifts, the abilities, the talents we have, whatever it may be, by putting us in the places that we are to provide, to receive, to gain. That's because of God. So so let's give in turn just as it's been given to us. right? Not something that we love to hear. People are like, Finances are something that shouldn't be talked about in church. I don't see anything in Scripture that talks about that. Scripture never says, Preacher, don't talk about finances. It says not to be greedy. I'm not trying to be greedy. It says not to love filthy lucre. We're not trying to do that. But what we are trying to do is, is as we go into this, the first of the year, is to make sure that we are aligned in being who it is that God wants us to be. And being faithful is important. Being generous is important. Now, next week we're talking about being forgiving is important. These are all things that we need to be. 
that we need to be. In 2023, going forward, we need to be generous. We need to be generous. So as that's that's what the Lord has, has given us this morning.